good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> we are truly in this together. To get, to get, to get, to get together. <laughs> and the only way we will get through this is by all of us working together. Each of of you doing your part you, you must stay at home welcome back welcome back to the you must stay at home period podcast featuring yours truly chuck the buck and karen with the hard r and the hard end. What's up, Negroes? It's a new sheriff in town today. And with my main man, brother from another mother, Cephas. Cephas. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And not to delay things at all, but the first topic is Mamala. The new sheriff. What, what was your reaction like uh, to hearing that news? I was. I, I, think that's... I <clears throat> was still holding out hope till the very last hour uh, when they announced that he was going to announce his pick that day. I'm still hoping that somehow my girl Liz had pulled it out, but um, I, I was just never a big fan of uh, Senator Harris's as a candidate during the whole primary. Um, but I was surprisingly um, pleased when it became official, right? We all knew that was where uh, Biden was going. He had been telegraphing that for months shit a year or, or more excuse my language um but you know when it finally was official i was kind of like all right all right you know what that actually there's a lot to like about that uh, pick um as a black woman it's it's pretty cool right and who doesn't, who doesn't really claim being black most of the time? Well, you can. She's right, a, you can, she's a, she went to Howard and she's an AKA. And she dated Willie Brown. She claims black. You can you mm. can put an asterisk on that. But as as, as for me being a you black woman, so. um, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool that she's an HBCU grad. It's kind of cool that she is a black Greek. It is, you know, um, that... That means a lot, right? The we're back to the symbolism, and this is something you know. We're back to you know for 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 the sake of symbols. It's fantastic to have someone like Barack or uh, Kamala in that seat. You want your... So so that's where I wanted to to uh, go with that is to get you guys' opinion because I was fascinated the next day after the news was announced to see how many the reaction, right? So you of course you got. HBCU grads, Howard, Howard grads, AKAs going nuts, right? Like going ham. They were so excited and they just, oh, we're going to bring it. You know, the links and the boule, we're going to show out for, for our girl, right? One of us. <laughs> um, but then I was also seeing a whole ton of tweets from Indian Americans and, and Indians talking about, oh, no, 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 that's our girl. She's the first Indian American it that's going to be in the white house or on a major party ticket and boom 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 look at this picture with her grandfather and look at this picture with her grandmother and look at her she's wearing a sari and oh she speaks a little bit of punjabi um or whatever it was Punjabi, <laughs> but it was it was, it was there her yeah her, well not hindi but it's there her mother's native um uh area if you know anything about india 
Hindi uh, is the national language, but then each state has its own like regional oh, dialects and stuff right? like that. Uh, um, and so I saw she was speaking a few phrases, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. So, so they don't these two groups, right? I don't feel like I have a dog in that fight because I'm not an HBCU grad or Greek, but <laughs> these two groups are going to look like they're going to duke it out over which group she belongs to. And it'll be interesting to see where she comes down on that, right? Or is she going to try to have it both ways? But well, I said, you know, for sheer, for, sheer, yeah. for sheer numbers, uh, you know, there's a lot more, there might be a lot more folks on the Indian subcontinent uh, laying claim to Kamala Harris than there are in Jamaica and uh, products of the HBCU system. So. We shall see. Smart move. Yeah, because Asians don't really vote and South Asians may not. And if they consider her one of them, it doesn't put all the pressure on black males who don't vote because, yes, we've been overly incarcerated. So a lot of the times in plenty of states were unable to vote in a yeah, system that made yeah, less them. less than 10%. Okay. Well, it went up since 2016 in the last poll. I saw. No. But, but sure, Donald Trump has not gained more support. Yes, he has amongst black he men. Has yes, black he men. has. No. Yes, a, he has. Now, this black, was the last. That's a black lie. No, that's a, <laughs> the last. Um, <laughs> some hotel, some hotel dudes. You, no, you the to. well, maybe so. I don't know, but the last no. poll I saw, and I can't remember if it was pre-COVID or not. So it, yes, it might have shifted a little bit since uh, this pandemic just got After out. They of saw Herman Cain go down. But. Yeah. <laughs> That should have been a wake-up call, but the last poll I saw was that he actually improved his um, his support, and they were you know they were voting for him nominally nominally on the basis of the for, on the economy Donald Trump <laughs> nominally on the basis of the economy. Joe I think Biden it's more is too expensive. I <laughs> I think it's more what uh, Cepa said that um, <laughs> black men are just pissed off at the DNC for you know various crimes and, and um, misdemeanors over the years and so they just like F it, you know, we're not voting it's, for DNC. Yes, and but, I, but I mean, it, you can't even count. You can't even count. Okay. So Mr. Grievance, you 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 are so black grievance. You you as bad as, as Donald Trump with white grievance. You are goodness. Anyway, but yeah, we'll see if that uh, how much difference that makes to have you know what did I see there was like uh, somebody said the network of HBCU and Greek and and links and boule and all that was 200,000 strong that ain't gonna get them across the finish line so I'm not sure if that was a better choice even though it does bring in the Asian vote hopefully then it would have been to say put Julian on the ticket which frankly he's more progressive I would have preferred him um to bring in all the Latinos but we shall see I just, you know, but I saw, you know, similar things that you saw, Karen, every, especially via social media, especially on Facebook. Mm -hmm. yep. I mean, she can do no wrong amongst the, the AKAs I know. Um, oh, she's walking and, on water. And, and people who went to HBCUs are making every excuse in the book for anything. Oh, her record doesn't matter. Da, 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 da. Well, that's the when thing. It, you know, when it really does, but. Right. Well, that's the thing. Uh, that I'm concerned about, you know, so I think it's overall, my reaction was positive, right? This is a great day for representation of, um, you know, these particular demographics. But 
at the same time, I am nervous that the reason I wanted Senator Warren is because Senator Warren has specific plans for ADOS, right? Specific plans for ADOS in the areas of um, small business funding, uh, student loans, um, uh, college education, healthcare, uh, housing, like all the major areas where black lives need to matter. She had something, she had a plan, right? That was her slogan, she got a plan. Um, Kamala is progressive, but I'm afraid that you Negroes are gonna be too afraid to hold her accountable to get what we should get. Right now, we know the vice president is largely- um, Inconsequential. What do they call it? Uh, a figurehead, mm -hmm. yes. But at the same time, she could, you know, she is there to push Joe in a certain direction. Are we going to be, is our community going to be too afraid to, to push her because we don't want to criticize her publicly like we didn't want to criticize Barack, right? We, we wasted eight years not getting nothing. I, 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 let me take that back. Not getting mm. as much as would mm. have been nice. <laughs> Uh, not getting as much as would have been nice under the Obama administration because we didn't want to call him out in public, right? We didn't want to say, dude, you know, we put you there. What are you doing specifically for us? Because then people said, oh, no, you, you embarrassing him in front of company. Keep that in the house. So are we going to make that same mistake with, with uh, Kamala, the new sheriff? I don't know. I hope not. Yeah, I think a lot of us will. Yeah, I'm afraid. Unfortunately, that, I think there will yeah. be a minority of us that will be objective and honest right. enough to say. And they're going to call us haters, right? They're going to call us haters. They're going to call us haters, say we're being misogynistic, be like, we're being gonna, racist. They're going to treat us like we're um, like Kamala's a pastor of a mega church. You criticize the pastor. That's how yeah, exactly. Us. Exactly. No I don't know objectivity. if. If either you all remember when um, Cornell West and Tavis Smiley, Smiley first yeah. <laughs> tried to criticize Barack, oh, what Steve Harvey went off on them, told them that you know STFU, that you know they were wrong to criticize him, and you know I understand that, but that was a huge mistake. That was a very it was a big strategic error on the black community's part to not push well, him. I mean, a lot of times we don't, we, you know, we don't have, have a strategy, you know, and that's the, and that's one of the main problems. I hope, yeah, I hope we see how critical that is now. We can't afford to not have a strategy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Obama was the, you know, the biggest uh, example of why you should actually hold people accountable and right. what settling for fluff really looks like right for the symbolism alone symbolism, right we yeah. we got tons of symbolism right they had some beautiful christmas cards every year and the dog you know he's playing with the dog on the lawn and babies love him and all them over he's playing, he playing basketball right basketball and and you know i thought the, I thought the obama strategy i thought people voted uh buck and i had an argument if not yesterday the day before mm -hmm. um yesterday. Well, it, it was it was about, I, I thought that the Obama strategy, nobody, 
thought that Obama would be progressive. His whole campaign was, was centrist. I, I, I think black, black people did. His, for no he reason. was, he, he was a moderate. No he was yeah. a moderate. You're right. You, you are 100% right I mean, about that. Correct, but, but I think black folks still thought that secretly, hopefully, he'd get in there and, and do, do something. something for us behind the scenes. That, that's and, what black people hoped for. You, you know, did, I, I used to have You don't think he a, did with Eric Holder? You don't think Eric Holder. I think they did as a lot. As far as the AG and the rest of and the, well, Loretta, you don't think they all did that? Not Loretta. You don't think they were progressive? I do. I do. I think, I, I, I think, think they did a lot I mean, of progressive a, things. We, I, mean, I, I, do, I do too. I think, I think Eric's. I think they did way more progressive things. They could be way, they, done, they did a lot of progressive things. Of course, you can criticize everything. But they've done plenty of progressive things that like have what? never been certainly not have been done at the when, doj yeah at the doj eric holder did like I, i'll give him his props all day long um i fully believe and support fully believe in and support what he did but not so much loretta lynch but she came i mean but we did have a, a lot of guys you know um getting killed by the police and it happens all the time. That's that's happened before, during, and now after. There's not it's anything not, really not uptick. Right, they could do to stop that, but they did. The DOJ under Holder did have did develop all those consent decrees that was going to really reform these departments. Had uh, uh, sessions not come in and undone them all, right? So, you know, there there's all that, um, but. I will say that uh, Kamala is a, she's actually the, the lead senator on this um, $2,000 a month UBI, um, Universal Basic Income Bill. And um, I really want to see that happen. Listen, as a person with a single household income. <laughs> I mean, uh, are I, they really going to do what it takes other than just print more money or are they going to... Are they going to cut back on defense a little bit? Maybe um, They, you know what? They really don't I, have they, to cut back on defense. That? Go ahead. They don't have, but are you asking that when they talked about COVID funding and all these other? No, I'm not. I'm, no, I didn't. I'm just just saying, no, that's not a criticism. That's not a criticism, Cephas. Not at all. That's that's illustrating like, hey, they need to do it. At least do it the right way. They can pull the money. Well, you, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not sure why you're fixated on the military spending. All I have to do is... Because we have un, a, a huge military budget. Right, but you are a pacifist or something? We're, like, we're, no, but we're cutting, we're no, you know, we're cutting back on, on seniors getting their, you know, getting things. Right, but not because um, of the, not because of the... But, uh, we spent, but that's somewhere we can afford to, to probably cut back a little bit. Yeah, you know but you don't, you don't have to cut back on, fat. you don't have to cut back on anything. All you have to do is undo these, these, uh, these tax giveaways to the wealthy. And yeah, that, that too. No, you don't, you don't, if you undo that part, you can mm -hmm. keep, you can keep funneling billions into the military. Like, I'm not even that, I, I, you know, I, I feel you, I agree with you that, hey, we should reduce some of our defense spending. But more than more urgently than that, if you want to fund the social programs, um, just raise the freaking taxes. Raise the taxes. Take the cap off of uh, of people like Cephas, and you can pay for Social Security for <laughs> for generations to come. They cap it at um, it's like a million dollars, so people like Cephas don't pay no taxes on there. No, I'm kidding, Cephas. You Cephas doesn't like those jokes. 
ladies and you gentlemen. You can go back to the you can go you can go for, go to the Department of Justice archives book and look at Eric Holder's record and see the, the under his the leadership during the Eric Holder leadership the accomplishments that his administration completed that benefit mm -hmm. things that you will be excited about. Just Google it. I'm not going to get into them, but it's a whole laundry list. More than a laundry a list. Lot. It's a whole yeah. There's a lot that he's done. I know you don't think so because of a, a specific person that, you know, that. What he did at the DOJ is separate from what the White House did or didn't do. Yeah, there's, there's you know, certain people who may say th certain things about, oh, he did nothing. And look at all these black men that were killed under his leadership. Um, that's not necessarily true. And But if you look at the list of things that he's done, there are tons. Especially compared to now, when it's been okay, working well, in reverse. I'll take a, you know, I'll make sure to take a look. I'm just saying, take a look. Yeah, take a look. Department of Justice Archives, Eric Holder leadership, things that he's done. So how about your boy? Slowing the post office down. Your boy 45. How about that? This is, uh, this is you an think abomination. Well, you think it will work? I think during, think about when around Christmas time and how many people are well, that's after the election we we'll probably had to know. put all the machines I'm, back in there uh, what I'm saying is at Christmas time everybody gets their Christmas cards around the same time right they get you you usually get your Christmas cards well before Christmas it's not frequent uh, I'm just saying that the, the poll service knows how to handle influx in capacity well that would be true under normal circumstances but uh lewis DeJoy has come in and removed the mail sorting machines from highly populated areas uh he has mandated part part of the reason they can handle that influx of mail that comes at holiday time is because uh, of overtime he's mandated that nobody can take overtime anymore so they're you know so there goes your ability to, you know, to flex up. Um, and um, they, you know, he, he's, he's fired the people who oversee the logistics of increased oh mail God, capacity, among some other things. They've got the <sighs> inspector general looking into it, but I think it absolutely will work because, um, you know, people anecdotally, people are reporting, veterans report, get their medications through the mail, are reporting that, you know, where their medication used to come in two days, now it's taking 10 days. Uh, small business owners like myself who rely on the post office to ship our packages um, are reporting in excess of 10 days for first class mail. I sold something, not this what Sunday, are, but- What are the, these products you were selling? What are these products you're selling? I sell, Out of curiosity. I sell used bullets that I found find in the alleyways of the streets, the mean streets of the big city I live in. I take the slugs, I package them up, pay a lot of money for them on, on eBay. No, I just sell them, sell them loose. Um, I sell beauty products, health and beauty products. I, I tend to buy a lot of them and I don't always use them. So I sell the excess that I have. Um, and I sell my clothes after I'm done with them. I have really good taste in clothes and shoes, so I sell that shit. Um, so anyway, I sold something on, what's it, 16th? I sold something on the 7th. Packaged it up. It went into the mail on the 8th. 
It has not been delivered yet. And that yeah. is unheard of, unheard of. So it's affecting it's small business. Service. Yeah, all these people like well, me who sell what. on Mercari or Etsy or eBay. Tell me what. I, I'm a big fan of, I'm a, you know, former Teamster. I love the, I love the unions, UPS. I've had two horrible experiences this year with UPS. One, had some golf clubs sent to me. They were delivered to a building next to my building. It took a month and it wasn't UPS that figured it out. It was the building next door said, oh, they called our building. Said, oh, I think, yeah, these are for you. Something in your building. That, and then another thing, death in the family. Sent some funeral items to, a, to another relative for the funeral still lost in somewhere in new england and this was mm. in uh this was months ago ups paid months the premium. ago like months ago when months ago uh father's day uh how what what month the, is father's the, day i'm gonna mm. blame that i'm gonna blame that on these this changes. Father's these, day cha weekend. these changes have been in effect since about february or march quietly i'm talking we, about this is ups it. i know this is oh, ups not oh not usps not, okay not U.S. Postal, and I did UPS and not U.S. Postal Service because I paid I the extra board. because thinking right. that it would be easier and better and, and better to maintain, um, tracking maintain. better, better, yeah. yeah, not just tracking, but better reliability, not mm. just reliability, but you can, there's some accountability that a corporation, that privatization would have over you, a you public fell for entity. The you fell for the Republican okie doke that private, the, the, the private market that was, solved the problems. That, and that's the segue. That is that's what I'm segueing into. <laughs> that's what I'm segueing into. So that. yeah, that's what, so Louis DeJoy, speaking to that point, very good segue. Uh, Louis DeJoy owns, he's the uh, new postmaster general who's been making all these changes to sabotage the, uh, the post office. He owns stock in FedEx and UPS. So if the post office goes bankrupt or goes, you know, goes belly up or has problems and people shift their business to the private companies, he will profit. This is absolutely corrupt and an abomination. Yes, it is. It is awful. The, the post office is one of these sacrosanct institutions. This is one of these things that America, for all of its, all of it, right, all of its failings does better than any civilization has done on the planet was the postal service postal services all across the country all across the world were modeled on our postal service like it would it's an amazing institution it does its job well to cephas's point you know you would think oh it'd be safer to ship golf clubs or something you know that you really don't want to lose track of through the private uh companies but it's not the post office is I've been selling on Etsy and Mercari and, you know, those platforms for 12 years. And I have had, I can count less than five instances where I had a problem with delivery. Like literally one, one instance this year, one instance uh, three years ago, and maybe one instance before in the previous six or seven years. The post office is the bomb for the most part, right? If you know what you're doing now, I've, I've had problems with people who gave me the wrong address and then they claim they 
you know, their package is lost. No, you just don't know where you live. And so you didn't give me the right address, but that's not the post office's fault. Um, so, you know, what they're doing in order to steal this election is, it's just criminal. And it's a bald face, blatant attempt in front of everybody. And it's just sad. It's really sad. Yeah. So, what was I going to say about the post office? Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're obviously blatantly trying to rig it. Um, this is the time you would think someone like Jeff Bezos, who has with Amazon, Amazon's interest in the U.S. Postal Service, would think, let me jump in here. And people talk about his apathy, uh, aside from his ownership of the Washington Post politically, a time for him to come in and say something. We never hear anything from him. I know as a billionaire. Yeah, in this specific. Right, to do something with those extra, you know, that extra trillion dollars he made in the last five months. Yeah, well, I, I, Amazon relies upon uh, the U.S. Postal Service. We've made an, an exceeding. We've exceeded all of our all of our budgetary figures. I've gained personally in many ways. Let me go in and let me privately invest. Let me donate to the U.S. Postal yeah. Service to pay for these. We're, we lead in logistics in many ways. Let me, out of my own multi-billion-dollar pockets, pay you this billion dollars that it need, that needs to be paid to you can just step up and do that they are asking in the name for, of democracy yeah exactly they're asking for 25 billion dollars and that's what the democrats have approved in the heroes act um the republicans are saying no but they would agree to 10 billion dollars trump is saying absolutely not i will sign no bill that has any relief for the post office jeff bezos could easily 10 billion dollars is literally like pennies Pocket change. It's not pennies. It's not point. pennies. It's not, not pennies, pennies, but it's but, but it, he would never didn't feel pay it. any taxes. But Amazon didn't pay any taxes. Exactly. Right. And he wouldn't and feel it. He's personally worth $150 billion. You know, somewhere in that in that in that ballpark. After a divorce where he lost half right. of his exactly. Wealth. Exactly. So he could totally afford it. And this is the problem with um with billionaires. You know, right to what we were talking about a moment ago, which is you know, where do you get the money for these social programs? Uh, cutting defense spending versus taxation, you tax these mofos because he could have he could have been done that, right? Like you said, his so much of his business relies on the post office for last mile delivery. That's the that's the last part of the logistics of, of uh, shipping where it's not profitable for FedEx and UPS to do it. So they give it to the post office. It's not profitable for Amazon's little trucks to deliver every single package to some rural places. So they give it to the post office. And for him to just shrug and say, well, I got mine. I'll still be a trillionaire richer than God, even if Donald Trump is reelected. So I don't really care about the outcome of the election. It's, it's pathetic, pathetic on, on all counts. And I was gonna say, um, you know, speaking of, you know, conventions and everything, how, how about the DNC next week? What are you guys' thoughts on tomorrow? On that? This is this is my Super Bowl. This is I wait all four years. 
this is better than the Super Bowl and the Olympics combined to me. I love the DNC. I love political conventions, but particularly the DNCs. Um, so very excited. But I have a feeling this will be weird, right? This will be weird because it's going to be virtual. And I'm not sure what that's going to mean. So, yeah, the uh, convention schedule, um, I guess nobody is as excited about it as I am, but they do have the daytime events in addition to the primetime schedule on the website. And uh, they got all these meetings. I see Hispanic Caucus, Campaign Fundamentals, Labor Council, AAPI, that's uh, Asian American Pacific Islander, I think, Black Caucus, Interfaith Council, all this um, they actually have something you guys might be excited to hear. They actually have a um, little conference or caucus on uh, reparations for, for Black people. Um, it says reparations for ADOS um, mm. during the day. And, and these are open to the public. So maybe we should join and, and, uh, and we'll get to hear what's going on. Mm. So that's kind of a... What day? Are they good? What day is it? It's uh, let's see, uh oh, what's the what's the eighth day of the week? <laughs> they did not have a conference. <laughs> Sorry, Negroes, you're never gonna get reparations. Wah, wah, wah. Okay, um, so uh, thanks for playing along with my little video. Uh, <laughs> so, but they do have, you know, they do have. You can join. They do have one on uh, the Black Caucus meeting, so you can join, and maybe some of them Negroes that represent us will be in there, and you can say, yo, what are you all doing? Not signing on to um, old girl from Maine's uh, push to forgive all student debt. What's her name? She's one of the squad members, and uh, she's introduced a bill to forgive all student debt, and uh, Kamala, VP Kamala has got uh, that bill for the basic income. So you can drop in, and that is tomorrow. Um, you can drop in and tell them a piece of your mind. So then uh, in the, the uh, prime time, we have Senator Amy Klobuchar, who everybody is anxious to hear from. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> <Whoa>. um, <laughs> uh, Governor Cuomo, um, whose COVID briefings were must see TV. I gotta tell you, I, I watched almost every day. I enjoyed those. Are they gonna introduce Kobachon in, in um, political ad speak? Uh, Amy Kobachon, <laughs> clearly doesn't care about George Floyd or black people in Minnesota. <laughs> is that how they introduce him? They they should. You know, she's uh, what did, what did it say? Um, she she's into blue lives matter <laughs> <laughs> not black lives matter democratic national convention <laughs> <laughs> where you'll get no reparations right <laughs> <laughs> um gresham whitmer is speaking um the guy whose fault this whole thing is representative jim clyburn and uh, a couple other folks doug jones from alabama uh, Leon Bridges. Do we know who that is? A musician? I feel like I've no. seen that yeah, name, I don't but, know who he is. but he's performing somebody named Maggie Rogers. I don't know if that's uh, Kenny Rogers' child or something. 
um, may you rest in peace. And then Bernie Sanders and former First Lady Michelle Obama will be speaking at the end. So not a bad, not a bad lineup. Song reparations. Yeah, plenty of plenty of empanada with that. <laughs> symbolic feeling. Yeah, yeah, with that symbolic feeling. Um, but you know, it's it's it is kind of interesting uh, that they don't have a panel on reparations because they got the next day they got a rural well, caucus I mean, meeting. They don't really give a shit. Right, <laughs> the seniors council meeting, the LGBTQ <clears throat> caucus meeting, Muslim delegates, small business council, disability council, Jewish American community, Native American caucus. Um, which I guess is only two people in that, but good for them. Uh, the, the Council on the Environmental and Cli uh, Climate Crisis, Veterans Council, that's just two days worth. You can't get nothing on reparations. Well, mm -hmm. you know why? There, why? There's no lobbyists promoting. Yeah. Tell it, Cephas. Tell it. When we could have easily, when that a ADOS and Foundational Black American and descendants of American slavery and all the other acronyms and phrases to describe. There has not been a, a, a movement in a way for with people who understand how politics work, mm -hmm. promoting yep. it. And everyone who's doing whatever they're doing is doing it for a self-congratulatory or, or just they want credit for it. They don't give right. a shit about the end product. They just want credit. Who cares? This right. whole ADOS movement is, is a bullshit movement because as learned as they are, and I've listened to a lot of things they've said, they say some good things, but also some foolish things. And they understand politics so well, but then I don't understand where the confusion is when understanding how to promote and progress the cause in a particular way, aside from using this as a way to self-promote. And because- Get those angry, angry black dollars. Yeah, from, I know we've talked about it before, but still it's just, it's very frustrating because, right, they're squandering the energy. There's actual energy out there right now, and they're not leveraging it because they're trying to take ownership of it instead of just getting the movement and the energy and action behind uh, the idea. It's, it's, it is very, very sad. And there are so many different, and it's, that's just one viable way it can happen using lobbying power to do it there are other mm -hmm. viable ways and to not use any of them right it just but, mystifies but, me and that's why i am distrustful of anything that they do because mm -hmm. but doesn't understand the way politics actually function and how you get it to function and especially if you're a coalition you're coalition building but you're not planning to coalition coalition build with other coalitions because that's the way of the movement because you're saying oh if we coalition build with them they'll want part of our pie then shit the only other way is to go with the lobbyists and have the lobbyists do it for you right and yes they get it as part of your pie because they're expecting you to it's a circular you know it's a relationship right so it's yeah. it's supposed not, to you know there's supposed to be some benefit flowing both ways yes you're right intrinsically there will be some benefit for someone all of these different as we talked about more than once on this pod the Home Builders Association. What are black people going to buy? What is the big, what right, is the biggest financial purchase? Biggest it's investment. a home. Exactly. 
or the foundation of any cars wealth, and so. homes. That's the way to do it. Why don't? That's, why is that not the the focus of the plan when there are so that is many why instances? I keep well, saying. I, you I know, would say don't don't necessarily overlook the uh, automobile industry. No, no he's not. He's not. That's what he's saying. Nah, is, nah, and nah, and nah, that's nah, why nah. that's what I was saying is that that's how you you know can get some some real might behind uh, a reparations push is to get industry uh, lobbyists to to sign on to it, right? If the automobile industry, the U.S. automobile industry, or even the, the foreign one, uh, thought that, you know, they were going to sell, I don't know, how, how many, you know, there's, there's, build 40, those vehicles. right, exactly, there's, there's 40 million back people in America, let me see, how many adults, 20 million adults or so, if they thought they were going to sell twice as many cars to black adults, or three times as many, or five times as many in, over the next 10 years, if uh, black people are given reparations they want they want that they need that i mean they for, are for example you, know. you see how much chrysler fiat you remember the little fiat car you may have yep. seen them around mm -hmm. fiat is exiting the united states because you know why you know how many fiats they sold last year how many in the in the low low thousands right I, exactly. i'm thinking the number is 1500 wow. total last oh. year Ouch. it could be so some, I think it's around fifteen hundred last year. Think about that little number right there, Chrysler Fiat. Yep. And with American, well, they said, well, they sell a lot of um, a lot of you know, Chargers and Challengers and stuff like that. Fine, but to police up departments, that's why. And, and rental car companies. But they would sell more of them. Uh, right. I know. They would sell. They would sell more. Right. They sell more of everything if they were. Because I haven't bought my car. I haven't bought a car in fifteen years. My car is twenty years old. But if I got reparations, I consider buying a new car too. Hello. Yeah. You know. Who wouldn't? I would. I would definitely be buying uh, real it would, estate. It would. It would not. Not only would it make the economy bounce back in a time of recession yep. that we're. I don't know if we're technically in a recession right now, but the we way are. where we're headed to, we, we are for sure. It will not only number one, make the economy bounce back. Right. I mean, if you take a look at what, you know, I don't know if you guys remember this as a kid, but all the time uh, when Rainbow Push would um, uh, organize these, these boycotts, right? They'd be talking about, mm -hmm. oh, black buying power is, is, you know, $2 billion, black buying power is, $10 billion, whatever the number was in, in the 80s and 90s, right? Um, I read this in books. I have no idea what happened in the 80s. I wasn't alive then. But um, they would always talk about uh, Black buying power. Now, Black buying power is what it is, and it's immense, right, for all 40 million of us. And we have a 20th, 20th, 20 two two -th, a 20th of the wealth of white, our white counterparts. If we had, you know, so you wouldn't just get the, the immediate short-term stimulative effect that Cephas is talking about, but based on the way we shop, if we had 20 times the wealth of uh, what black households have now, you're gonna have multiples and multiples and multiples down the line of consumption that, are, that has increased for all of our households, right? Things that they do that we can't do because we just don't have it like that, all of a sudden, all of that, all of that new consumption uh, is is in the economy, um, creating growth for everybody. Right? That's the rising tide that lifts all boats. Is that you know when you have that multiplier effect. So, yeah, I mean this it's it's a 
you know, if if for no other reason, if they if they don't want to do it, the American government doesn't want to do it because it's the right thing to do, the the moral, the ethical thing to do, they should do it because it is the 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 profitable thing to do. And you know, if the Carnells and the Moors of the world don't, you know, don't want to don't want to work with bill coalitions because they're afraid of somebody else taking quote unquote taking the idea. I don't know what that even means. Um, they're afraid of an, of a journalist talking about reparations because, oh, she's not doing it right, you know, whatever that means. Um, we're going to miss out. Everybody's going to lose. Okay. So, and, and I was going to, you know, kind of move on into to the sports report. Um, what if we say no? <laughs> You're so tacit about well, that. Yeah. So timid. Of all the sports, there's so many sports happening today. And, do it, do it. Okay, well, so many sports happening today. We have uh, one, Stephen A. Smith. Your favorite. Uh, openly, uh, your favorite. Ultimately advocating uh, for NBA players to be clear to have conjugal visits. Did you see it? Since uh, I mentioned it, did you Google it? No, I didn't. I <laughs> okay. did not Google it. But yeah, this was uh, earlier this week. I think it was Monday. Maybe he was trending, um, and he's on camera. I don't know what show he's on, but he was on camera saying, you know, the NBA should uh, let some ladies into the into the bubble. Prostitutes. I mean, I, I definitely agree. I think I think it's a practical. I disagree. I think it's a practical idea. All, all you'd have to do is. Are you saying players. prostitutes? No, not well, prostitutes. Well, I, I don't know. I, so I don't know. He might have been prostitutes. He might have. I don't know. So you have a significant other. You just say, hey, they can take it out, take the, the test billing out of your check, and you have her tested in order to, to come. That only works for can... those that are married. Well, it doesn't, not necessarily. Yeah, and who, who, who's to say that you can't pay for your girlfriend or how many girlfriends you got to come see you, but they got a test negative? I guess. Okay. All right. All right. I guess, but... They had a quarantine for a few days and test negative. I think they could work that shit out. Maybe. I still say they couldn't pay millions of dollars. Let them suck it up and suck. <laughs> How long? How long is this season gonna last anyway? What? What, uh, what well, are they just, even doing? They're just gonna start. They're about to start the playoffs now. Within and they're the gonna do the so. the full playoff schedule. Five. As far as I know, the the five, full out of five, seven. Five out of seven. That's yeah. Best four out of seven. Um, four all rounds? the series are are like that. I mean, they used to be best out of five the first round, and then the second round right. they started going seven. I don't, I'm not sure. I, I have to look at it. I mean, it would make more sense to go back to the old school and do the first round at, at five I the, games. I thought the NBA players had were able to be quarantined in the bubble with their family. Am I wrong? Mm, yeah, I thought it was wrong. just the players. No, it was, yeah. it was, it was just it's just the players. What I'm more curious about is the young guy from the rookie at the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, he was cut from the yes. team for trying to sneak a woman in wearing Seahawks gear to disguise her as a player. 
during training camp. I know no training camp allows women to come in, spouses and girlfriends and, you know, and those types of encounters. And then even when you're going away on games, their dorm checks, not dorm, sorry, hotel room checks, just like in college. But there are times off that these players have where they're able to go home maybe every other week to spend a weekend at home with their loved ones so that they're able to release some of this testosterone testosterone in these testosterone fueled uh athletic activities they participate in every day your noise in the background Stop. paid enough to suck it up but okay no so. in the nfl they're not this guy you know what his signing bonus was do you know what his signing bonus was no. $2,000. Yeah, these people, yeah, these people. Okay, so this is an NFL player. This I, is the NFL yeah. guy. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about, about he's, he's blowing millions of dollars. Like, no, he had a $2,000 signing bonus. He and wasn't. It, and if like, they called Bobby Wagner doing something, he would not be released from the team. Who is Bobby Wagner? Starting linebacker. And so what are you saying? Hawks. What are you saying? That, I mean, they're trying to grandstand that they release this guy for these for these reasons, but if he's a star player, they're not releasing that player. Okay, but I don't, I'm not quite sure what what point you're. But the way they're portraying it, like, oh yeah, we got we, you know, we're serious about COVID. We got this shit locked down. No. Oh, oh you're saying they're trying to make it use him to make an example, but they wouldn't make an do example. Yeah, like like they're okay. really on top of it. It's like if a star player did it. He will not be released. I don't think that's the point that they're making. Their point that they're making is that if you're in the NFL, you're expendable. And if you break a rule, you break a rule and any little infraction, you're done. And that's it. It's not if you're a star player. Yes, everyone knows any star player has way more leverage than a person on the bubble. But everybody's watched. I know it just came out a couple weeks ago, the new Hard Knocks series. Who's it going to be? No, it's out already. It's the it's the LA teams. Oh, okay, both LA teams. But we but people Hard Knocks has been on television for more than ten years now, and people know what now know what goes on in training camp. People on the bubble are gone. No matter, they look for any reason to get rid of you. This is a simple reason. They're, I don't feel like the Seahawks are doing this to grandstand to say we're doing it just because he violated a COVID protocol. No, he's doing. Uh, number two, I don't think the NFL season is going to happen. I think this is just yeah, a waste of exactly. time. Right. Just like the NCAA. I don't I know the Big Ten and the ACC and all these no, other conferences are saying that. we're, we're yeah, yeah, I, good. I, I'm getting into it now. Can I get into it now? Yeah, yeah, go am, ahead. Am I in trouble? Run with it. Run with it. All right, motherfucker. <laughs> My point is none of this shit is happening. I know people sit there and are excited all this. Why does the why does the football season need to happen? It's one thing if it's the NFL. These guys are actually getting paid. But we saw with a young guy who had COVID, and now he's going to have heart trouble for the rest of his life. The exactly. lineman alone needs right. to be the reason why the NCAA that's is saying say, no. Right. We're not they doing just, this at all. They should, yeah, right. The NCAA they is not just, really stepping in. They're letting the conferences just do what they want. They're well, they're they going to start stepping in now. They had the some medical expert for the NCAA stepped in today or yesterday. I read it today. It might have happened yesterday where he explained that 
he would advise against any team playing any sport in the entire NCAA, not just football, this season, is what he said. Yeah, no, and that's what wow. um, the Big Ten and uh, who else has canceled so far? Pac-12. Pac-12, that's what they are looking at is that this, this if you get it, you know, people, people think, oh, the risk, the, the consequence is, oh, you get it and you die. But if you don't die, then no, no worries. That's not the case. You can have permanent damage. Uh, that uh, that ball player, that uh, MLB player, he's a pitcher, 27 years old. He had to. He survived the uh, virus, but he had to stop playing for the rest of the year because he has heart damage. And who knows if he can come back? And so, you know, for them to put all these players at risk is is stupid. And the SEC, uh, you know, they're going to wipe out a whole roster full of uh of of players for you know the next uh two for you know whatever the lifespan of the career span of a college football player is they're gonna ruin a lot of careers because some of these kids are not going to be able to play ever again after they get this virus yeah not just careers lives right and so it's, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't see why they're trying to force this over money. This is ridiculous. This is it ridiculous. also gives the NCAA an opportunity to address the concern that their players aren't allowed to enter into the majors that they want to. They're mandated to enter into majors only that will fit within their schedule to play football. So, and they're not able to make the, if they're right now, this is the opportunity for the NCAA to say, look, all of these players need to be able to retain their scholarships if they were given a scholarship. They don't need to play. This is not a priority right now. We need to manage this pandemic. Study. Schools are still going on. They're working in different ways. All these different universities. The universities that we went to, I've known because I've been following them, the way that they're addressing it, they're not canceling school. They have all these different modified ways to continue learning during this time, but no real plan to be fully back on campus by any groups of student populations. Where we went, I mean, it's amazing. There's, there's tons of different ways we're going to get into it, but they need to be promoting those types of things. This is the perfect opportunity to let those students who, yes, I would love to be a, a math major, but I don't have time to take all the math classes because I'm a football player. This is the perfect time for them to, to to fill up all of those requirements they needed to become that math major. Right. And for the NCAA to sit there and say, look, yes, we do. We can, our players do this. Here they go. Look, this is the perfect yeah. opportunity. All right. It's yes. a loss. I think they're losing, uh, they're losing out on, on great opportunities to make it work. The silver lining in this gray pandemic cloud, they can make it happen for them. Yeah, you know, I, and, I agree. And, and speaking, I know someone whose uh, daughter is, goes to, you know, university we went to, and he was saying that uh, she has to quarantine for 10 days in, in the dorm once she gets back to campus. Mm-hmm. So that's, should, that's part of how they're handling it. That's not going to work either. But uh, yeah, you're not letting good. people leave. Can you imagine being on those dormitories? Good not actually being trying. able to leave. Uh, yeah, I can. Imagine. I never, I never left great. anyway. <laughs> It'd be great. I mean, even leave. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you have a, you know, a little, little young, young breezy with you, but 
Listen, listen. Can you not can you not refer to young women with with aspirations for higher educations as young breezies? You're stuck in the nineties. You stuck in the early aughts. God. Oh my God. God. It terrifies me that you might be that you might be shaping a young mind. Oh my God. Reprobate. <laughs> Terrible. Anyway. Um, and, and you know what? You here's another twist. You guys think since in a lot of this college football is so vital and important to a lot of these swing states, do you think that's gonna affect Trump a little bit? I hope so. Literally. I hope, I hope because it burns especially people MAGA like up. in Ohio. I hope it Michigan, burns MAGA up. This yes. like, they can't see Michigan State or Michigan. They can't yes. see Ohio State yes. on Saturday. Burn. No tailgating, no restaurants. He had already lost Nothing. Michigan anyway. He's pulled out of all his uh he's pulled out of all his ads from Michigan. So that's basically a uh you know con- conceding that okay, it doesn't make sense to spend money here because we're not, you know, the polls are telling them they don't have Michigan. But Ohio Yes, Indiana. Yes, yes, yes. I hope it burns. I really do hope yeah, it stays. No, no, I don't no think it's going to turn. Football, no, IU. no, no, IU. Um, I don't think it's going to turn hardcore MAGA against him, but I hope it softcore gives Softcore MAGA. Softcore MAGA. <laughs> Ones who are, you know, always on the fence. Well, between the post office, ruining the post office so they can't get their meds and their rural mail and ruining college football season uh yeah i hope it uh i hope it uh i hope hope it gives them some of them some pause but we we'll see what other uh so where's pac-12 what states are they in no that's in the uh, pacific california utah oregon Oregon, washington colorado arizona okay colorado arizona and uh utah um, you know, those are all swing states, more or less, not really Utah, but sort of. Um, so good. Hopefully it uh, gives them something to think about. <laughs> I hope it burns. Any, You know, I hate to be like, uh, you know, these conservatives who are all about, quote unquote, liberal tears and owning libs. But there's a certain part of me that does relish when MAGA steps on his own dick. You know, uh, <laughs> how you gonna get? How you gonna get on me? <laughs> Five minutes that's not. Ago. That's not. That There's is not. Breezy. <laughs> no, because what you said is that, but, is that, meaning and hateful to women. What yeah, I said that's, that's, is now just you, now you're hinting that the man is well endowed. I guess huh? it's just a quirk of anatomy. I'm just saying, it's a quirk. <sighs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, yes, part of me does enjoy it when MAGA, how about I say, shoots himself in the foot. Are you more comfortable with that? Yeah, about okay. NRA, NRA ties. And see, see how, see how second, I amended that for you, but you didn't amend the young breezy statement. See how that, that goes? Um, oh, my God. Here's a picture on Twitter of a post office, a mailbox, the, you know, blue steel mailboxes on your on your neighborhood corner has been locked. Locked, yeah. That's what, with, that's what I with saw. With a big ass, um, like a, not a crook lock, but a- um, Padlock, right? Like a boot, yeah, like a boot for a mailbox. The kind that's on your car where you, you can't do nothing with it. It just becomes a giant paperweight. Turns this uh, mailbox into, it's like it's been booted, bright ass red 
lock on it that says this collection box has been locked. Do not attempt to use or open. This is this is insane. This is insane. I was talking to, um, and forgive me, y'all can go back to sports. So this last anecdote. <clears throat> talking to um, my cousin about travel, and I had just talked to my brother earlier this uh, earlier today, uh, who's uh, in Germany, and. Uh, she was asking, you know, oh, my cousin was asking, oh, how's your brother doing? And I said, oh, you know, he's doing great. He went to Italy a few weeks ago. He was in Amsterdam, you know, before that. Borders are open, you know, pretty much everything's back to normal where they are. And um, it's, you know, we were just talking about how sad it is that we just stuck, we're just trapped here. She was uh, even talking about to go to uh, Hawaii uh, next month, you have to quarantine for 14 days. 14 days before you go out there when you get there. When you get there. Yeah. Oh, well, that negates. Right, exactly. Who can do that, right? If you want to take, you, you want to take a, you live you, out there part time. Right, you want to take a five day vacation, but you got to go two weeks in advance <laughs> so that you can enjoy it. Who has that kind of time? Um, you know, most most workers get what? Get your, your, your 10, 10 days, 10 days two, yeah. sick, two sick days, two floating holidays. So, I mean, it's just, everything is terrible under this administration. And this is just insane that it's not a given that people will reject what the country has become under this leadership. It's ridiculous. Anyway. Oh, and did you, did you guys see well, I sent you guys the, the, the video. I mean, it was a, you know, it's kind of a little bit, a little bit ratchet. Um, the white militia march in Stone Mountain, Georgia. You only like ratchet stuff. Yeah. Um, there was yeah, a clash. It was, it was just, just a bunch of people fighting. <laughs> there was a clash there and there was a clash uh, somewhere else uh, was trending yesterday between uh proud boys and bml protests b bml blm blm um what's a bml <laughs> I, I don't know but um yeah you know i mean that sometimes you gotta gotta throw hands yeah people were getting their their um confederate flags burned up there were several of those and um, there were even, you know, white folks out there fighting them too. They were yeah. chanting Nazi go home. Right. That's what, you know, that's what, what I mean when I say like, you know, I think we have, we have a lot of work to do to end systemic uh, racism and it's as it is practiced. But I think as a nation, all of us except for hardcore MAGA has um, reached a consensus that racism is bad and that we should take steps to undo it. I think. Correct me if anybody sees it another way. Yeah, what do you think, Cephas? I was, sorry, I was distracted watching. There's a new Cat Williams thing that popped up and I was just watched that some movie with Cat Williams the other day. And so I'm sorry. For you Are you, uh, are you pro-racism or anti-racism? Yeah, I think white people need to do a better job of being anti-racist. What I one of the things that I think that 
people don't understand is that when you look at things and say, oh, that's racist. One of the things that I've encountered in my time going to schools that, or in scenarios where I've been the lone black person there, and when I may mention something having to do with race, I feel like when I, when I was a kid, I can, I can pinpoint, I know when I was first called nigger, I know the many times as a child when I was called nigger, I know when I was in very white circumstances when something happened even today, when anything happens and I'm in a group of people and there's something like, oh, something happened. And there's accusatory pointing, no matter what. I, of course, I didn't have anything to do with it. I automatically feel guilty knowing I had nothing to do with it or even any inkling. I feel like, how do I get out of this if it's pointed at me? Because I've been in scenarios where that has happened to me before. That's all fucking racism. Racism isn't just what we talked about earlier, that Stone Mountain, Georgia, the white supremacists are there with their guns and people, pro counter-protesters protesting with them. There was a, a white supremacist protester saying, well, who is the richest billionaire? Who is the richest female billionaire in America? Arguing with a counter-protester. Of course, you know, he's going to say, well, Oprah, are you not better than Oprah? It keeps going on and on. Are you not? She's not the richest woman in America, number no, one. Not, not by a long shot. For, yeah, on the Forbes 400 list, um, I haven't seen it recently, but I would say a good five to 10% are, are women. And there's tons of them that are in that list that are, um, you know, uh, associated with um, a, a male billionaire, right? And so, you know, Melinda Gates, for instance, right? She's not the billionaire, but she's got the proximity to it. It makes her basically the same as Bill, so. And Oprah is barely a billionaire. She may have a billion or two on paper. Right. I mean, and she's her, very rich, but she yeah. is by far, she, she's nowhere near as rich as uh, Mackenzie, what's her name, that just gave, you know, uh, $2 billion of her money, right, away to those schools and all them other places. She gave $2 billion away. That's over his whole, whole shit. Right. So my point is that having to argue with these people whose rationale is there are, look at these exceptions to the rule. How can you claim that there is some inequity? Because these little exceptions prove that you're wrong. They don't prove it and they don't understand race. But at the same time, they're battling against any type of equality because of that. And they're saying, well, this is our heritage. Right. It's not your heritage. Your heritage is white supremacy. And if that's what, that's what you're fighting for, recognize that that's what you're fighting for. And for us to call out, there's this great podcast series that I'm listening to um, by the New York Times called Good White Parents. It's great. It's about education and about how the public school system, it's great. I won't get into it, but it, I, there are many ways where white people can confront racism and not have to put it and burden black folk with having to, and then even when black folk are burdened with it, having to say it's black and brown folk or people of color. When other people who are not white don't talk about race, they say, well, we're adjacent to whiteness and we don't like those black folk either. They're the criminals because that's the way they can get on the good side of the white folk who right. are more that, accepting of them. So it's not works. black and brown folk. It's black people are the ones who have to confront race every fucking time. And it's not only exhausting and to feel like if you're white and you say, oh, here we go with the race card again. How do you think black people have to feel, feel when, you're, when, when we as black people 
have to deal with this every single time and not have to talk about it because we're, ugh, we're there's no one more disgusted with racism than black people because right. we're the ones who have to deal with it all the time. White people can live in bubbles of whiteness and never have to, they don't know black people. Yep. There's not a single white person in this nation who has to deal with, maybe there are, but every black person in this country, yeah, maybe not children because they live in a little community or people who never have left their, their small community that's very segregated. Yes, but to, to become a successful person in this nation, you have to expand beyond your local community. And if you're black, you have to deal with people beyond just your community. There are, the, there are ways to do it, of course, but by and large is what I'm saying. So the point of what I'm saying is racism, to answer that, yeah, I hope white people realize that racism is, is their issue to solve. Right, yeah, it, right. We're not the perpetrators, so how can we solve it, right? That, it, and that's kind of, it, it begs an interesting question. Um, I was watching, because I wonder how, I look at, say, you know, I, I'm not fond of comparing our struggles to the struggles of other communities, but I look at the Jewish community and they have done a much better job of educating the world about the Holocaust, I think, than we have done about educating the world about slavery um, and racism why, why as well, that's where, you know, I'm, I'm thinking out loud as I say this, because this morning I was watching a, um, a documentary on Curiosity Stream, and uh, the, um, the, the subject was the history of home, and um, it, it was just about, you know, how the, the dwellings people had lived in as they moved from, you know, caves to mud huts to, you know, to castles, to whatever, modern day houses. And so um, they, they, were, they moved from, they're, they're, they get to Amsterdam and they're talking about the rise of uh, the architecture at Amsterdam. And you know what the houses in Amsterdam look like along the river. They mm -hmm. have those you know, long, uh, narrow, tall, you know, four or five story um, homes that oh, were built in the, it, it was, they were built in the uh, 16, you know, 15, 1600s. And so the historian is talking about um, how Amsterdam started out as a little fishing village on that river, the Amstel River. And it was just kind of a sleepy little town until uh, they got into the, the uh, until they got into uh, the transatlantic trade. And he says, oh, and then Amsterdamers got so rich, they were trading spices and textiles and, and, you know, tree bark or whatever he said. He named three things. And I, you know, I, I, I'm looking at it and I'm going, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, and people, people, you traded people. That's how you made all this money. And, you know, it just was so, it was kind of laughable to me and infuriating that he didn't tell the whole truth. Like, come on, the, 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 the Dutch traders were whitewashing. White right, in on the slave Dutch trade, boy. the trans, trans, transatlantic slave trade, 
um, earlier than almost anybody except for the Portuguese. And, and for him to say, oh, these spice traders got so rich. So it, you know, it turns out that's when they had this construction boom in the 14, 15, 1600s. And all of these traders, these merchants um, built these, the houses, and that's the Amsterdam you see today. And I thought, well, that's really sad that either he's deliberately leaving it out or he actually, they don't consider that a part of their history. And so he's going to tell the story of Dutch traders without he, telling the probably, story. He's probably leaving it deliberately out. Well, you know, either way, people don't leave out the Holocaust deliberately from the, the telling of World War II history, right? No, not at um, all. Exactly, and they should not be leaving out the transatlantic slave trade from their history. None of none of those countries should be able to get away with that. Dutch, you know, the Dutch, the, the French, the British, Spanish, the, the Portuguese, the, the the British, none of them should be able to get away with that or their uh, colonialism, their misadventures in in Africa, and the fact that oh my God, that just kind of made my head explode when he said that. And, you know, he was so enthusiastic to say, and so proud, so boastful to say, and Amsterdam became a place, you know, we, we established our place in history and on the map through the spice trade. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, wait a minute, what now? You, you guys were trading what? And, spice, you know, so Negro we, spice. <laughs> right. So <laughs> we, they even, he said, they even have an expression to say, you know, something, if something is like really expensive and exorbitant, you call it, they use the pepperdure, which it translates to pepper rich. I'm like, dude, come on, come on. Yeah, okay. That's how y'all got rich was pepper, spices, sure, <laughs> sure. Um, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is, um, I think to, to what, to Cephas's point, the reason, you know, it falls on us is because we haven't had the power to make sure our story was told. So I think we're just kind of reaching that point right now where you're seeing people be educated, right? When Watch when Watchmen premiered last year, you know, the whole internet was freaking out about that opening scene of the Tulsa riot. And people were shocked to find out, you know, non-blacks were shocked to find out that that was a real event. Shocked. And that's more or less recent history. A, a real event that happened many times in the same era exactly. throughout the nation. Exactly. You know, our story is not in the textbooks, right? I don't know if you all have seen that. Every once in a while, it floats around the internet. Um, some parent had taken a picture of a textbook of some kid in the South, and it talked about how uh, all the immigrants came to America from all over the world for, you know, they came from, they came from this place, they came from that place, they came from Africa for the jobs and the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that's how they described African immigration to the United States, they, that they came for the jobs and the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, too, too, so, too bad we're not immigrants. But. Right, well, too bad we didn't come for the jobs and the opportunity. I mean, what? No, we came what is for that? the jobs. Right. Well, yeah, we did come for the jobs. Stolen. We didn't right. come. We were captured yeah. and stolen. Right. Exactly. And and so you know, like that is that's part of the problem. They don't think it's an issue because they don't know anything about us. They don't know anything about themselves or their own history. 
and yes. you know they they fall on that old canard well i didn't own any slaves my my grandparents didn't own any slaves they came here with ten dollars in their pocket they turned it into a billion dollars oh and think about even considering europe they you can see even now in belgium um, Burundi, the nation of Burundi, joined the mm -hmm. Congo in demanding reparations from Belgium. So yeah. I, this reparations movement is powerful in that it is uh, these Caribbean nations and CARICOM communities have been doing it, but also these African nations are doing the exact same thing. Yeah. So it is, to your point, um, it's shedding light on to the history exactly what you're talking yeah the and history. we need to we need to be you know that's part of that is part of you know we talked about you know what what the black community should be doing in order to uh affect reparations that's you know and i said well we need a strategy we need to be attack you know attacking this on a multi-pronged uh, strategy and education is one of the strategies right like most americans most non i don't know about the black community that's a whole nother topic but most non-blacks nothing about the history of the country they don't know about the work we put in they don't know about the 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 terror we suffered they don't know about the violence nothing nothing they just think we got here and somehow some of us got light skin magic <laughs> <laughs> right i mean you know nobody ever thinks about that right i didn't you know i remember when i learned about it as a kid that oh we're you know, often you, told, you know, they should, those blacks over there, they, they like being in the projects. It would, right, they right. Would be there for but even one like, generation and they, and but, but even just like, you know, you take it to the fundamental issue of why we look the way we look today, right? Like as a kid, you, you know, you, you, you're, you're small, you're learning about the world around you. You see people look you know, all these people, they look different and you realize, okay, you know, you're learning about race as a young black child and you're learning that, you know, black means brown or dark skin, but also it can mean these light skinned people too. And you have to kind of reconcile that and figure out, okay, what's the difference between a really light skinned person and a, and a, a white person, right? I, I know, at least in my family, my sister and my brother who are light skinned, when they were small, they went around saying they were white because they just assume, oh, I'm light, I'm not dark, so I'm, I must be, I must not be black, I'm white. And so, you know, you get to that point where you realize why. Um, like that, like that YouTube or the the Instagram rapper model, light skin Keisha, who's browner than all of us, darker than all of us. Her name is light skin Keisha. You ever heard of her? No, mm -hmm. I'm about to Google. Google. And uh, so, you know, and you realize, I remember, I remember the moment I realized that Black people were all these different colors, right? Black Americans were all these different colors because some of us were the product of rape. Huh. You know, and I don't think non-Black people realize that. I don't even know if maybe... Um, all black people realize that, right? Well, look, and, at, look at Thomas Jefferson, where they say that Sally Hemings was his mistress. Even yeah, that, even exactly. in the way that that's even told in history, how's, how's, how's a slave a mistress? When you talk about rape. How's a, how's a child a mistress? 
Right. She, she, she not was only not was she just a, child, a slave, but yeah, she was child. a child. And yeah. exactly, you know, that's what it's. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm looking at her now, but that's what we need to. You know, that's one thing that we need to ensure that the real story is being told. Nobody wants to do that because it's an ugly, ugly, ugly story, but it has to be done. Yeah. But no, he, um, my, my head almost exploded this morning. He was like, they trade spices <laughs> to get rich. <laughs> yeah. I think, just, we, I think we need more, you know, I think it's great those movie series like you know, Hidden Colors. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, I know you hate me bringing him up. Tariq Nasheed said he had a moment like that. That's what caused him to make Hidden Colors in the first place. Yeah. Was an event just like the one you had. What about <laughs> more mainstream things like the 1619 projects? I know. Well, yeah, I mean, people, those are all good. I'm just saying. I, I, really, more people watch the 1619 project and things like that than. Hidden Colors is a little too radical, you don't think? Well, yeah, maybe for the mainstream, but I'm just saying. It, and we're talking about the mainstream. Why, what white people are watching Hidden Colors? Not many. Probably, probably more than you think. But not many is what I'm saying. I'm talking, we're talking about mainstream audiences to combat racism. White people aren't watching Hidden Colors. Yes, it may be an important show to learn about the ISIS papers for black folk that, you know, yeah, yeah there's some know. of it you can think, yeah, we could take, we can give and take, excuse me, the information the way that we want to, but, you know, we uh, people always need a white credentialed person to tell them something before they'll believe it. And Hidden Colors is none of that. But in the 1619 Project, New York, the old gray lady, yeah. is that white credentialed person to say that. And that's what people need in America for shit to happen. It doesn't right. happen with just a black person telling you. You need a white credentialed person to make it happen, especially if you're a white person. Right. Black people know it. Yep. It's not that, that, we're not the issue. The issue isn't us. So what I'm saying is, yeah, hidden colors is fine, but that's not the solution. The solution is, well, shit, no, I, didn't, I wasn't saying, was, I was saying, you know, you need, you know, multiple things, you know, I mean, that was good that, that he, you know, got fed, had a well, moment hidden, like, like Karen hidden, had and, and hidden, making up. Hidden Colors educated you. And yeah, maybe, educate me. yeah, I, 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 I knew, I knew you way back when. I knew you way back when. I bet I took many more black listen, classes than you took. Ladies and gentlemen, I knew, I knew, I knew, the the, I knew the buck before he was woke. Me too. Oh, whatever. Mm -hmm. I was always woke. You the one knocked out sleep. I ain't. I ain't never not been woke. Negro. Uh -huh. I, I came into this world. Don't, don't 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 make me talk about that music selection. Listen, listen. I am just enjoying the music <laughs> of both sides of my heritage. Okay. Tariq Nasheed's favorite rapper you ain't read is, me about is that. Eminem. There you go. Well, his top now, in his top five, Eminem is listening to his top five, so you can't there talk you about her so, musical selection. Now, now read your hero. No, but it's not. It'd be different. It'd be different if it a different, a different Thank race in the same genre. But it's. But yeah, yeah, you know, no, I, 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 uh, Cephas is right. You know, you have to. Well, you're both right. 
right? Like hidden colors, educated you, you don't, Jew. You don't, like, you, know. you don't even like John B because he's too you, black. You was in the Republican Party, <laughs> like Herman Cain, before you watched Hidden Colors. And, you know, yeah, we right. appreciate T Tariq Nasheed for educating you and bringing you no, back. No, it's educated. Senses. A lot of people don't necessarily take college courses like myself. Dude, you just say you know. took all the college courses. That's what you just got done. Dude, saying. right. Dude, stop. Like. Stop, Buck. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we get it. We understand. You're, we, you love Tariq Nasheed. We know. Okay. You took those classes, but I don't know how much you actually gleaned from them. But okay. Um, but uh, to Cephas's point, you have to have that ambassador to reach the community that you are trying to reach, the audience you're trying to reach, right? And because I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a good audience. thing. I'm saying that's the way this world it's works. Just, just the works, way right. the way politics works. You don't want to have to go through a lobbyist, but that's how it works right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we were one of the episodes. I was a little drunk in that one of those previous episodes. We were talking about that show, The Swamp, and I was talking about matt gates from florida and explaining how he was working and i don't know if i expressed it during that episode but his main thing was i'm not going to take any money from any special interests i'm taking money from the people and da, 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 da. okay he's lying number one but two that's how politics works in america especially national politics right so you can't yep. say that that's not you're going that you're going you're just you're better than everybody every other politician you're going to make things happen this way instead otherwise shit your entire time as a politician is going to be on the phone raising money through individual people or going to all these events where you can't where you don't even have enough time to be a politician you're just a fundraiser for yourself and that's what your your effort is going all your effort is going towards that it's not a good thing was what i'm saying that we must have a white gatekeeper or a white credentialed person to, to legitimize any piece of history that is actual history or information that needs to be expressed throughout the world for people to say, we need to change this. Yeah, but, they weren't even, oh, go ahead. No, that's, that's all I'm saying. We don't, it's not a good thing, but that's the way things are right now. Right, to that point, uh, you know, I remember in the 90s when, um, the descendants where, you know, people started um, being more vocal about uh, the black descendants of Washington and Jefferson. And, you know, there were a lot of folks who, who were in denial and said, no, 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 our founding fathers are spotless. They didn't have no relations with no negresses. George and, Washington never told a lie. And, those are wooden you know, teeth in his mouth. Right, and those are, <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, there's no way that they would have sullied, you know, their pristine white appendages with no, you know, dark, Nigger black, you know, wop, right? <laughs> and, um, and, uh, you know, nobody was, they, there was white folks who were, who were determined not to buy, not to believe that until the 90s when you could do DNA tests. And so they tested some of these people who said, I'm a descendant of Jefferson, I'm a descendant of Sally Hemings, I'm a descendant of George Washington and, and you know, um, his slaves. And when the test came back, okay, yeah, you're descendant of Thomas Jefferson. And it said, yeah, I, I told you that. Like, I already know that. You know, the, these are the Black people saying that. And the white folks, okay, well, okay, well, 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 yeah. You know, I, I'm sure there was some explanation for it. You know, somehow you tripped on, on a semen and, and somebody got pregnant, right? <laughs> like, 
you know, somebody fell on it and it just, it just happened, right? I'm, I'm sure Thomas never did anything wrong. He's founder of this great nation. So, you know, that was, again, nobody is willing to believe our first person accounts, right? They weren't willing to believe our first person accounts of police brutality, right? Until they started seeing it on camera. Black folks have been talking about uh, the brutality we suffer at the hands of police for generations. And they were like, nope, it's all in your head. Doesn't happen to me, right? You've seen, seen white men say that, oh, police don't harass me. I, I, don't, I don't believe it. They don't harass me. You guys just aren't being respectful enough. Not until you had the video to say, listen, is, is this it? Is this is or is this ain't a person being shot while they have their hands in the air saying, don't shoot me. So, yeah, it's, um, I hope that's changing. I hope that this is the moment where um, that starts to shift and we are able to be believed more so and, and you know, the American public and the, the white world at large is able to get more educated. We'll see. But it was very disappointing, disheartening for me to hear that, that uh, man say the Dutch got rich trading spices. That just blew me. So now, uh, Big Bank Basha, Bisha, which is the the she, the handle for light skin Keisha. Uh, this is funny. She's uh, I wouldn't uh, yeah I wouldn't necessarily call Keisha light skin. She's uh, blacker than all of us, uh, pigmentation wise. Right. <laughs> and none of us would consider ourselves light skin. Right. And to, 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 I'm annoyed by that because it's always, even using the word fair to, to describe light skin, fair, because dark skin is unfair. Maybe it is in America, <laughs> but I, I hate these. Oh, I'm light skin. Mm-hmm. Okay, just be black. We're all black. Just, you're, the self-casting yeah. of the caste system and saying, well, I'm light-skinned Keisha because that dark-skinned black bitch Keisha, I'm not her, I'm much lighter than her and I'm better than that bitch. You call me light-skinned Keisha to differentiate me from that other bitch. I'm better than her. Fuck it, you. I hate that, shit, that self-hating blackness. What's interesting is you can tell how strong colorism still is in the community. Because With young women. And she's a young girl, is, probably in her early 20s. Yeah, she says she's 24. Because when I search for her, that is the thing that people are looking for. When I just put in her name, the, pe- the thing that people are looking for is pictures of her. Because that's the first thing you want to verify is, oh, oh you self-proclaimed light-skinned? Are you really light-skinned? And that, mm-hmm. that's kind of sad. That's and then all of the photos you see that she's they're enhanced right by lightning and right just it, it's sad to me which just shows that we it live is. in a society of white supremacy where whiteness is yeah they still have supreme over they, they over still everything. have our minds about that you know about color and hair unfortunately um which although you know to be to be a little bit more optimistic um, that is beginning to change, but it, it has a ways to go. A lot of us still put a lot of credence in that. Um, interesting. I think it's a great name. 
for you know marketing sake is is provocative as hell. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you get clicks. Right, yeah. but it is um, it's unfortunate that it gets clicks because people care so much about that. Yeah, interesting. So, Cephas, tell us about um, P Valley. It's on tonight, and folks are tweeting. It's on tonight. It. I already watched. I watched the episode already this morning at four a.m. with a mm -hmm. there's a little baby in here who wakes up early sometimes and likes anyway, to watch watched P Valley. It. He watched. He watched it with me, but he uh, anyway. The show is on hiatus until the end of the month, so there's a week that's going to be skipped. But it's very interesting. The premise of the show is that a woman, we, it starts with one particular woman. There's apparently a flood that's happened in Houston and the woman is displaced and, and moves under an assumed name and identity to Pea Valley, which apparently is the little tri-state area um, near Memphis, Tennessee, but in Mississippi in a little valley region on the river. Um, and there's strip clubs where you think it's the Bible Belt and religion is part of it, but I think strip club scene reigns supreme, at least in this show. And the whole uh, diverse community of that, that, uh, that little region, that valley, the Pussy Valley, Pea Valley, and everything that goes into it, politics, religion, sexuality, uh, finance, crime, everything. And it's just a very elaborate story. The, the, the show is good. It's a little like a soap opera. There's some comedy in it, it's good. Um, and it's slowly divulging information about a lot of the key characters because there's a lot of, confu not confusion, but you don't know mm -hmm. details about a lot of the characters until you watch the whole thing. I think it's on, I think it's episode six, and I think there may be two episodes left. I think it's, uh, maybe it's, I can't remember, but it's not a 12 season, 12 episode season, I don't think. But it's a good show, it's an hour long. Is it, uh, this is a black creator? Katori Hall, she wrote that, um, she's a playwright, she, she wrote, she did that play, it was on Broadway a few years ago called um, Mountaintop, On the Mountaintop, I can't remember the title, but Sam Jackson was in it. Okay. I saw it was great. And um, Mount, go tell it on, it's not go tell it on the mountain, it's called The Mountaintop, I think is the title. Okay. But Tori Hall is the writer. She's from that area. I think she's from Memphis. But okay. it's a great, it's a great show. And all of the directors so far, I think, and I think for the entire series are all women and non-white women. I don't know if they're black or if they're all black, but and the and the crews are largely women as well. So when you think of it as it's it's a show about a strip club, mm. and there's tons of TNA, but <laughs> it's created and made by the mountaintop. You're right by black women. So black women, uh, she's the writer director or the writer creator, mm -hmm. um, but the directors are all women as well. It's a, it's a great series it, and I suggest you guys watch it. It says it's based on, well, tune in. it's based on her play, Pussy Valley. So uh, they've never, taken, yeah, I, right. I, I didn't know, know that. Other plays, the, the only play that I saw was The Mountaintop, but I, okay. I, I'm not familiar with her other, I know she's, she's a playwright, so she, of course she has tons of other work. 
And she's oh, our she's age. A, she's a alumna with you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. She, she has tons of other work that I'm from uh, that I know she does, but I'm just unfamiliar with. Oh wow, she's got to she be a, a good writer. So she's alumna of Columba, Columbia Art at Harvard and Juilliard. Nice. All right. Also a graduate of Sundance Episodic Labs inaugural class in uh, screenwriting. Okay, very very elite. Um, you know, I never, you, you, I never you talented tenth blacks, y'all, y'all get me. She was on Broadway. I mean, she had a show on Broadway. I don't know if we wanted Tony or not, but Sam Jackson starred in her play on yeah. Broadway. It was great. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. I never knew about there being any kind of little underbelly like that in Memphis. I've, I've been to Memphis countless times. And what place doesn't have an underbelly? I, really? I know, I know that, but what this I'm saying, is, I'm not. This is not Orange I'm Mound, not, Memphis. Not, this is I'm in. Not too, this is this is in the Mississippi town. side. This is on the Mississippi oh, side. Okay. This is not in Orange still Mound. Still considered. Yeah, but this is in this is in uh. DeSoto, this is DeSoto County. This is no. This happens in Mississippi. Right I don't know the county, but it, this is Mississippi, not. But it's, that's not the one Memphis. that's right. That's right there. Like if you live there, you probably work in Memphis. Yeah. I, it's funny. She describes me. she describes it as a. Uh, she describes it the series as a workplace drama. <laughs> but uh, she says, it, amongst it other things, is. her aim is to destigmatize stripping. I'm not going to watch it because I have no interest in seeing lots of TNA. It's not, but, really, uh, but it's not focused on TNA. And it, oh, it, it, it is. It, it, it's, it's not. It's not like I have not watched it. When me watching, it, I can't tell you what. I've seen. Yes, they've shown some of these women naked, but they've shown men. That's and their why full frontal nudity really, as well. But, but you don't see, really, what, it's not really about that at all. In fact, I can't what, even remember what these women, the women are beautiful, but I can't even remember what they look like because focus on the other things. And it's just, just quick, it's not to sexualize that's just, them. That's but, just because you in love with your wife and that's a great thing. But um, other <laughs> folks on this, on this call, who shall go nameless, not me, uh, will be most definitely focused on all the TNA. But uh, that's no, it's not. I mean, you know, people are you know, married, not blind. No, it's not about it's not about the TNA. The way, what's highlighted in when they show nudity scenes of nudity, it's the <laughs> athleticism in being a stripper. In yeah, fact, yeah. even when they show the main stripper that mm -hmm. is the star, who's the headliner, when they show her preparing, it's like watching an episode of Hard Knocks and watching a, a football player prepping in the locker room before game day and getting okay. hype and getting ready. It's, yeah. it's done in that way. And I feel right. like the director, when they did it, they said, no, we need to do it just like we would shoot any other sports drama of an athlete prepping to go into and, game and, day. And that is great, but I still don't want to see no, no naked women. So I will probably pass. I, you know, that got to me with Game of Thrones. As much as I love the story of Game of Thrones, I got so fucking tired of seeing white women's titties. I just got so tired of it. I was like, oh my God, if you show me another pink nipple, I will scream. And I just gave up watching the show. There's only so, two pink nipples in. I don't want to see these brown nipples either. I don't want to see no brown nipples either. But I want to see some, brown nipples. I can see them light, for light a lot less, a lot less, uh, less, a lot less effort than turning on the TV. So. Okay. But. Uh, <laughs> the OnlyFans, right? I'm just saying. What's you know, that OnlyFans? What's that OnlyFans? Again? I can just listen. I can walk in front of a mirror. Oh, no. I I got it. I like, know. Shout out that OnlyFans. So we I all can, know. You know, I can see two of them anytime I want. Um, Shout out that OnlyFans again. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I, um, it sounds great and I'm proud of Katori and I think, you know, it's great. And it's, she's, she's, she has got a dedicated fan base for they They are rapidly tweeting about it every Sunday. Um, but I'm a pass. Pass. I saw. Um, I feel like I seen it. Like I watched. Uh, what was the movie? Uh, Old Girl was in. Um, Lisa Ray. I watched that. Oh, the Players um, Club. Players Club. Yeah. Yeah. I watched no, Players Club. Like, and not- I watched. And I watched the other one that came out like that a couple of years later, or, or like right behind that. And I feel like I seen it. Okay. Yeah. Black it's Star not like, like those that. though. It's it's much. No. Right. I'm, I'm different. I'm and the sure. story's not. The story's not just about stripping. The stripping is the just happens to be the yeah, catalyst. The vehicle, right. No, and I yeah. get that. Uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm being facetious. I'm sure with a resume and credentials like hers, it, it's a great story and it's probably told exceptionally well. <laughs> it's but, told like uh, a soap opera. It's still like a soap opera. Right, stars but, the, and not all the acting is great, but the you look forward to it, especially right now in terms of what's look, coming on TV on a Sunday this, night. This, <laughs>